The following podcast is audio from the YouTube series, The Number Two Show. If you like what you're hearing with your earballs, you should see it with your eyeballs. Visit the Points YouTube to watch. There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to number two show live today. Uh, you're here on a very on a very special episode of the number two show with me and my good friend and staple of the music scene, Clownvis. Everybody, hey guys, hey Clownvis, how are you today, buddy? I'm good, Rafe. How you doing? I'm gonna stick my finger through this hole. Let's so you do know, it, brother. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> taking care of business, glory hole, and all business can be handled. Through the glory hole, if you play your cards right, uh, I'm uh, I'm excited to have you on today, man. It, it, I really appreciate you doing the show, especially. I'm I'm assuming there is some sort of phobia uh, for anyone, uh, even tangentially related to Elvis, to be sitting on a toilet and live in front of a studio audience. I thought about that uh, well after I agreed to do the show. Uh, it doesn't bother me at all. You know, I'm a pretty liberal guy. I'm a pretty crazy guy. Uh, but, yeah, I could see the, the image of uh, of someone uh, kind of looks like they're goofing on Elvis sitting on a toilet. I could see that bit riling people up. But that's not my intention. It's not his intention. It's my intention. So if you have any emails, direct them to me. Uh, but, yeah, no, there's no cursing going on. Uh, Clownvis is going to be fine. He's not going to push too hard and keel over. At least I hope not, although that would probably go viral. But you know what? It's not about me. It's about us being together in this moment. And uh, I appreciate you being here. We're going to do a segment uh, later on where we take live calls called uh, for a good time call. But first, let's uh, Clownvis introduce yourself to the people. Tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and your history. Well, thank you very much, Rafe. My name is Clownvis. I've been performing pretty much my whole life. Uh, I've been involved in the stand-up comedy scene, the live music scene. Um, I do a lot of hosting and emceeing. Uh, been the uh, host of the Gathering of the Juggalos for the last five years, I guess, and uh, things like that, you know. And then, I, and then I go from doing that to also appearing at uh, damn nursing homes and things sometimes. So it's <laughs> it's really a spread, you know. Wherever you could fit in uh, an Elvis clown, I can I can kind of take the gig, you know. That's cool. What was? Uh, give me just a quick synopsis of like what? How many years have you done Gathering of the Juggalos, and what's that environment like for you? Um, I've done it, I guess 2017 was my first year, I think. And then, um, every year since then, uh, there only was one year where they didn't do it because of the coronavirus. But I've been, uh, at first I was quite, uh, yeah. was quite scared. I wasn't really, you know, I've always been a clown, but I was never really involved with the insane clown posse. And so when I got the uh, call up to do the gathering of the juggles, just performing that first year, um, I was a little hesitant, but I figured, you know, I'd, I'd try anything once I'm a stunt man. I like anything that has some excitement to it. But then, uh, you know, as soon as I stepped foot on that stage at that first time at the Gathering of the Juggalos, uh, those are my people, man. They're the, they're the people who uh, are the people that see a clown that, that doesn't give a flip, and they uh, they agree with me, and they, they're my type of people. I love it. Dude, that's awesome. I was, uh, you know, it, it, honestly a little surprised to hear they took off uh, COVID-19. 
Because if the juggalos are known for anything, it is uh, uh, responsibility and safety. <laughs> exactly. Well, <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you look back in history, they were the first ones to. There was one of the first festival to cancel, and they, and they their quote was that you know um, if even one juggalo, uh, you know, compromised their health, that's too much for them. So they pulled the plug first. And, and then, yeah, I think they even on the late-night sh- talk shows, Colbert and those guys were calling him the reasonable clown posse. They got, a little, they got some good press off that. <laughs> yes, the, uh, <laughs> yes, they are just a little off their rocker clown posse. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you've been performing uh, live and on, on uh, social media and, and all sorts of outlets for 17 years now? Uh, yeah, I'm who's counting, you know, but it's it's uh, certainly been a long a long life of touring and um, and then uh, yeah, do now I, I do so much on the internet, live streaming on the internet, which is so fun on YouTube and on TikTok, and um, such a response, such a great way to grow an audience and to let people know what I'm about a little more than just uh, you know squeezing out my my best set in an hour, you know. Yeah, that's great, man. Awesome. Uh, I understand that you've prepared a little uh, little number two show jingle for us today. I wrote a song for you, yeah. Brother, I would love to hear it. It's very short, but it's uh, it gets right to the point. Well, 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 let me just get my mic set up here. Well, when you gotta go, you gotta go. That's why I listen to the number two show, the number two show. Yes, indeed, the number two show. Give you what you need, having a ball. Rafe's in the stall, the number two show. Damn, brother, pull that. That's going, and uh, I hope that uh, you don't want any kind of compensation for uh, us using that for promos here on out, because I'm no, going to, yeah, and I have nothing it. to give you. Other milk, than milk that for all. With praise. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today, uh, man, we both had a similar experience, and I want to kind of dive into it a little bit. Sure. Because uh, it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It's, it's one of the things that, uh, that helped make me even a bigger fan of yours when I was a fan already. Um, that was your appearance on... Uh-oh, we're losing the guitar here live. <laughs> that was my pants just fell off. Oh, yeah, we're going to lose the guitar for a minute. Oh, we're going to lose the guitar for a minute so Clownvis can be comfortable. He will be playing a concert at the end of the show, a tiny stall concert, which is a staple <laughs> here at the number two show. Uh, we've both had weird experiences with America's Got Talent. Uh, oh, and yeah. your appearance on America's Got Talent is one of my favorite appearances. And we're gonna we're actually going to bring the video up and delve into that. Before we do, though... Like I'll give you a little background. Uh, I auditioned for AGT in Louisville uh, a couple of years ago. And, uh, you know, when you go in, you see these shows on TV and they're produced. And uh, it seems very uh, 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 in the moment, unscripted, very uh, things can go off the rails. But what I found personally was uh, it was very curated. The producers have a very guiding hand in like what is happening on the show would you say that that's a fair assessment uh yeah it it is and very very much so uh yeah so when i went and i auditioned i was like in a waiting room it was such a weird thing i was in a waiting room with a girl who had a dog it was part of a dog show a little cute corgi or something like that uh and it was like if taylor swift was was had never been famous and was a real like she was cute and glowing like she was walking around Louisville like look at these tall buildings I've never seen buildings this tall before <laughs> she was like from a small part of Tennessee she had an adorable dog I'm like well this girl's getting it for sure and we're sitting there there's a drag queen behind me singing at the top of their lungs like everyone's nervous there's a guy who does a carrying around a chainsaw uh 
you know, and he eventually comes into and he's like, I bet you guys are wondering what my deal is. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure it's chainsaw related, dude. <laughs> <laughs> not, not actually a big mystery. I'm guessing it's chainsaw related. And then there was a guy that kept like opening the suitcase and looking in it and closing it and looking around the room. And I'm like, oh, Chris, uh, this guy's for sure a ventriloquist. Ventriloquist, yeah, creeps. And I'm like, nobody ask him, please. And then the, <laughs> the little Taylor Swift girl goes, why do you keep looking in that suitcase? Oh, no. And he's like, puts his hand down in the suitcase and pulls out a puppet. And I'm like, this has completely gone oh, off the rails. God. But it was a really weird experience for me. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you had to do this, but the, they ask you very probing questions. Uh, you know, they, they would ask a question like, what's the thing you're most ashamed of in your life, your largest regret? And then they give you a line about three inches long to answer that. And I'm like, I think I'm going to need some scratch paper. I've fucked a lot of things up in my life, you know. It just felt like they were trying to kind of drag a story out of me, and it just yeah. felt very curated. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. And those producers can, they're really magical. They can get you to say, you'll, we'll see in the video, I'll show you a point where um, they said something, and I just kind of parroted it back. I, I mimicked it back to them. And that made the cut. I'm like, well, I didn't say that. I didn't mean to say that. They just kind of said that, and I said it. They're, yeah. they're very crafty with how they do things. Um, but, yeah, at the same time, you know, it's, it's a matter of um, what they're looking for. And in the, when I did, just a, a small difference, when I did it, it was um, probably the fourth season. And it was a different show. If you, if you look back or if you remember these older shows, it was more mean and more cutthroat, and they were looking for more like um, they, were more, they were mean. Yeah. They were very mean, and it was more of like an insult show half the time. Yeah, it was like the William Hung era. Yeah, and that was before they really, you know, now they've really dialed it down to you need to have, a, you know, a, a, somebody in your in your life that has cancer, and you need to have be missing a leg or something, or you need oh, to be yeah, blind and you're a tap dancer or something. You need to, yeah. you need to have yes. some kind of um, very, very sad gimmick, which you, you didn't. Back then, they just wanted to beat up on clowns, I think, back then. Yeah, it was more of a talent show in the first few years. My friend Taylor Williamson won it, or got to the finals, a really funny comedian, uh, you know, early on. Yeah. When it was still just kind of a talent show. That's kind of what, even when I went and auditioned, and eventually I went, I had to follow the girl uh, with the dog. And she came out, and she's like, they told me I should walk around upstairs and let the cameras get, because I think I'm going to Hollywood. Oh. And I was like, cool. No. They did not say that to me. Uh, oh, I, stand-up went really well. Uh, I, the whole room was laughing. I just didn't get a feel like I was what they were looking for, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, but, then I, but also, after I stayed in to watch the guy after me, and it was the chainsaw guy, and he was a woodcarver. And these auditions are like two minutes long, dude. Yeah. And it took him... At first, I thought it was a bit, but he couldn't get his chainsaw started. <laughs> so the whole audition was like, hang, hang, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. Priming it. Hang, hang, hang. He's like, hold on. That's a good know. bit. I mean, that's a funny bit. Something, Honestly, I, something I would do. Yeah, but it, it, he was just a carver. Yeah, it seemed like something we would craft as a character, but it was he really wanted to carve this block of wood in front of him. Um, but long story short, uh, it is a weird experience, and... Uh, very weird. And there was a time when I do feel like them was kind of like they were, uh, they were kind of looking. Yeah, it was. Yeah, definitely. And and that's that's what I was, but I didn't know it for sure. Right. Um. Until I was up on stage and uh, and then I was like, okay, well, if if I'm allowed to to kind of fight, because they did have a producer, um, that told me. Or that told us I was corralled in that same room with all these terrible people. <laughs> and uh, they, the, the producer told us that, you know, if you have anything to say, make sure you leave it all out there on the stage. Don't come back wishing that you would have done something. And I took that as like, you know. Um, Take the governor off. Yeah. And so 
I went out there, and I could just tell by the fa- looks on their faces as I walked out. And, I mean, well, we're, we should back it up a little bit. So. Let's back it. Set me up to uh, – so when did you – from the moment that you arrived and they started going through the pre-production part of America's Got Talent, did you realize, like, oh, this might be a setup? Well, they had me – they had called me, and I said no to them right off the bat. Some fella called me. I said, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in, in, in trying to prove anything in 90 seconds. You know, I'm kind of a slow burn with the old Clownvis Act. Absolutely. Um, and so I, I said, no, thanks. You know, and then they had a, a lady call me and she was kind of sweet talking me a little more or something. She goes, oh, doesn't, you know, doesn't your mom watch the show? I said, yeah, my mom watches the show. She goes, well, why don't you do it for your mom? And all of a sudden this lady's making sense. I'm like, all right, you know, maybe I'll do it for my mom. Maybe I'll make my mom proud. And uh, anyway, mom wouldn't talk to me for two weeks after I did the damn show. <laughs> <laughs> so at what point did you get backstage? Who did you but, see surrounding you? But you so, said- yeah, so then, so the, 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 before that real quick is that they I tr- they had me try out in a private audition at a hotel. Okay. Um, and I did uh, Viva Las Vegas, the Elvis song. And I had my two bodyguards with me. And they're very straight-faced, not funny guys. But they had a couple little gimmicks that were going to be funny within that 90 seconds. Um, we did that at the audition. They said, you're great. You're in. You're, we're going to get you filmed in Chicago in a month. Um, and then they had uh, called me. And they said, well, we can't do any Elvis songs. We can't get the rights to Elvis songs. Oh, boy. I said, all right, I, I got original songs. You know, I gave them a song I had called Barocco's Tacos, and I gave them a song called <laughs> Jesus Christ Eating on a Chicken Wing. And Hell they yeah. said, they said, no, we're good on the, don't do an original either. <laughs> they said, just pick another popular song, you know. And so I'm not. Did it have to be something that was like, uh, you know, I don't know what you would call it. What's the happy birthday song? Yeah, like, Public Domain public or something. Domain, well, so yeah. that's, where, that's why I picked Old McDonald Had a Form. They, I could have done. I mean, they made it sound like I could have picked a CCR song. I could have done something else that just wasn't Elvis for some reason. Like, they couldn't get that particular okay. rights. But so, I, but so then I was just done with it. I go, all right, well, can you, can you procure the rights to Old McDonald Had a Farm? I can do that one. <laughs> and so <clears throat> I just figured I would go out there. And I still, same thing, had a couple gimmicks. I thought maybe they would say, this is very whimsical. Let's see what else he does. And at best, I would have to do something else. You know? And I wasn't, didn't even want to. But I did have a feeling that maybe I could pass uh, one round. Sure. So Which, I didn't think I didn't think it was a setup the whole time until I walked out on the stage and I saw their mean faces. I go, oh, I'm supposed to be the bad guy, but I'm not a bad guy. What were the other acts that you were surrounded by backstage? Jesus Christ. Just give me a couple examples, if you remember. There was a, a girl that was doing things with hoops that was very impressive. And as soon as I saw her, I go, well, I'm not, I'm not talented. You know, that yeah. girl is flipping around with hoops and shit. That, that's very talented. And then um, there was, a, unfortunately... There was a guy called Dracula Sinatra, <laughs> and here I am, an Elvis clown, and then I see a Dracula Sinatra, and I go, oh, my God, I'm going to be in some bad mashup, uh, you know, yeah. quick cut where they're just going to make me look dumb with Dracula Sinatra, because yeah. uh, he was dumb, boy. But they, but they, um, luckily, I never heard from Dracula Sinatra again. He didn't make the cut. Look, be a lady tonight. <laughs> he didn't even, I swear to God, he didn't even have a good, I've thought about it a million times since, how you could be a funny Dracula Sinatra. <clears throat> and this guy had nothing. He was just oh. in, a, in a cheap uh, Halloween Express vampire suit. What a wasted character. Really. There's so many good things. I did it my way. <laughs> uh, cool. And I get where you're coming from. Like, even when I did it, when I did AGT, uh, in the back of my mind, I was like, if I get this, all I want to do is make it a week or two. Yeah. Just kind of get my face out there, get my comedy career a little bump. I'm not really a clean comic. It didn't really fit. 
my act anyway. Yeah. Uh, and like you said earlier, I didn't want to go make it to the finals and be up against, you know, uh, a Vietnamese refugee who stepped on a landmine and placed cello with their feet. <laughs> And then be like, all right, yeah. there's this heroic story. And then here's a guy who wants to talk about his old balls. You know, like, <laughs> uh, I was like, just let me make it a couple weeks, get X'd out, and then see if I can parlay that into a few club dates. But, yeah. But so, we, we, you know, with the judges who they were at my time, it was uh, Pierce Morgan, who was new to the scene. It was his yeah. first year. Nobody ever heard of this guy. And then uh, Ozzy's wife and then um, – Howie Mandel. Sharon. And so it's very easy. I mean, me and my two buddies, my two bodyguard buddies that were doing it with me, um, for weeks we had just been joking about, like, if it goes south, who cares? Who, you know, like, why would, why would Ozzy Osbourne's wife have any influence on, on my life as a performer, you know? Yes. It's just as, I'd be like, what does Geezer Butler's wife think? Who, who, <laughs> who cares? Yeah, good point. But so we were, we were having these little mini roasts, you know, where we were just – poke uh you know at the concept of these judges and so all that stuff was in my back pocket but it was not my you know i'm not an insult kind of uh comic i don't go out there and yeah. razz people it's not my thing but a uh, very nice guy normally but when it's when you're sitting ducks and you're poking at me then you got to go after him which <laughs> brings us to i think we've built it up to the moment we're about to see we're going to actually play some footage and i'll pause it when i have questions but we're going to play the footage from clownvis's appearance on agt uh, when they tried to put baby in a corner and Clownvis wasn't having it. <laughs> Welcome back to America's Got Talent, where everyone is dreaming of the same thing the million dollar prize and a headline show in Las Vegas. Wow, real building it up. The man. home of legends. Pretty cool. Entertainers from all over the world have performed in the City of Lights. And our next contestant is hoping to follow in their footsteps. That's me. Clownvis, the king of clowns. And uh, that's exactly what I am. I'm the king of clowns. I'm here to entertain you. I'm very serious about my act. Entertaining people is uh, something I've always done. It's been in my, in my blood since I was a little kid. This is it. And this is time for Clownvis to shine. I'm the best. Uh, I really do think that uh, after the judges see what I can do, uh, we'll, be, we'll be all set. Good build-up. We're stage today. We're going to win the hearts of America. That's the part they made me say. All right, pause it here. <laughs> All right, so at this point, we got a good buildup. We got a good, it's a good produced section, right? Yes, yes I was Cannon very happy. had three children while he was reading that monologue. He actually had three new children. Things are going well. You're still feeling like, All right, they're spending some time on me. This could be legit. Yes. And then roll the footage. We walk out. You see their faces. You realize it's... Look at their... If you can see their faces as I walk out, I don't know if you can, but they are all just already mad at me, which doesn't make faces. sense. That don't make sense. Yeah, they were told. They were prepped for this. Because the crowd's into it. Well, yeah. Good evening, gentlemen. Hello. What's your name? My name is uh, Clownvis. I'm the king of clowns. And your friends are? Uh, this is uh, Ned Donovan, my bodyguard, and uh, my manager, Narvel Toughnuts. Baby, Pause. Show us what you've... <laughs> Marvel Tough Nuts? No, Narvel. Narvel Tough Nuts. Yeah, Narvel P. Tough Nuts. Still, he still works for, with me, and he's a great guy. Which is great. And you yeah. could, so the crowd's into it at this point, but you could see, I could hear in Sharon Osbourne's voice. Like, she's giving it away. There's a little bit of a tone. Yes. What are you doing here? What is She's this? very flippant, almost yeah. dismissive right out of the gate. So, it. Got All right, let's do it. Hit it, Jack. 
See, I think that's funny to say hit it, Jack. Me too. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Clownless. I want everybody to say hi, Clownless. Well, hello, America. Crowd's into it. I'm going to yeah. sing you a song about the working man, but um, let me clear my throat. Which is funny. Yeah, thank you. All right, stop. So that's your first X. Yeah. Now, I feel like at this point, there's a 0% chance they've seen enough to do that. Uh, yeah. Because no. that was a pretty solid joke. Yeah. Clear my throat. Fine. You came out. You're an Elvis clown. I don't think they should have been surprised to see some some clown stuff. I'm a little magic, yeah. Yeah, a little bit of magic. So it feels like it. This was that's is that the moment that first text where you're like, okay, they're not even going to give me a chance. Uh, yeah, honestly, when I heard that buzzer, I thought something went wrong and we were going to pause it and start over again. <laughs> okay. I was like, what happened? Did something something fall? But then it was. It turned out he asked me right away. All right, and this gets us into our first. You keep going. Let's uh, go ahead and roll it. Yeah, not much longer. Yeah. Old McDonald had a farm. E-I-E-I-O. Come on. Didn't give him enough time to get down. See, Nick Cannon's on my side yeah, still. Even Nick. Pause. So even Nick Cannon at this point's like. What the hell? And you didn't I mean, let this guy perform for like 20 seconds. And I don't want to toot my own horn, but my voice sounded fine. It sounded good. It did. I get that like the old McDonald. I almost feel like not letting you do an Elvis song was a little bit of a setup. Yes. Uh, and the old McDonald, uh, you know, but I could see in the background, some of those audience members were clapping. Uh, not, not everyone was doing thumbs down or anything. Like, yeah, no. But it gets real volatile real quick. Yeah, this is where <laughs> I start having fun. Where you turn the tables on them. So let's roll that footage. I love it. All right, let's have it. You got anything for me? What do you expect me to say? You come on as an Elvis impersonator. You're dressed as a clown and you're singing Old MacDonald Had a Farm. It, it is, without any doubt, the worst act I've probably ever seen. I'm proud. I'm proud of that, Pierre. My name is So you called him Pierre, which this is where I started having fun. I'm like, all right, now yeah. he's gone in full fucking roast mode. I love it. Yeah. Because uh, he basically called out what the producers made you do. Uh, yeah, I mean. You know, they made you sing a different song. Yeah, pretty easy to tear that wall down and just be like, well, what are we doing here? Yeah, and nothing, man, there's no sicker burn in the world than just calling somebody by the wrong name. <laughs> Especially when they're like an egomaniac, like yeah. Pierre's. Piers Morgan. So yeah. let's p- go ahead and play it. Here's Piers Morgan. Uh, well, who, who are you? <laughs> yeah. I'm your worst oh. nightmare. As a head scratcher, boy, I don't know why he's be my nightmare. Yeah. Sharon's giggling, man. She's got she got a contact high from living with Ozzy too long. Oh, no, no, no. no. All right, pause. Oh. Now, here's where you went on the offensive, which I love. Uh, you, I, this did is, not, you knew what was going on, and you're like, nah, I'm not even going to let her insult me. Yeah. I'm gonna, just going to go for her first. Yeah. Uh, what were you feeling at this point? Were you like, because I think you told me at one point, you're like, ah, they left my mic on, man. I yeah, no, I did. It. I, I, I literally, I would, I'd give my mic a little tap to be like, okay, no, I'm still on, so I guess nobody's pulling me off. Um, yeah, and it was just, uh, look, I'm an Aussie fan first and foremost, and me I don't too. think I don't think I'm the first person to insinuate that. He's done drugs in his time, right? Uh, I mean, I listened to Hellraiser on the way into uh, work <laughs> yes. this morning, and uh, but then we also had him on the our show today, and uh, I mean, he hasn't even he hasn't sounded coherent since like 1977, right? No, and and to be fair, it's Ozzy who is famous for urinating on national monuments and getting arrested yes. and 
biting the heads off innocent animals, uh, snorting ants, uh-huh. um, so many things. I-, I can't think of a real positive uh, Ozzy thing besides his, he rocks. You know, I love Ozzy. He rules, and I don't think a contact high was that uh, but, insulting. Yes, but Sharon did not think it was all right. To, all right, so let's play that. Do that. Uh, one. The Prince of is off limits. He's the Prince of Darkness. He's a bad guy. Uh-oh, now you lost nobody, Nick. Nobody, nobody disrespects my husband. Uh, that's debatable. Pause. So. <laughs> She's disrespected him for the multitude. Oh, my God. Uses him like a circus monkey. Won't let the guy take a nap. Come on. Yeah, which this is, that's what's funny to me is like, that felt so contrived. Like, nobody, and I mean nobody, it's my husband. He's worked hard snorting those ants uh, and sleeping with, and you know, how so many the, women has Ozzy slept with? Oh, yeah. They, I'm, it's a miracle he's alive. I love Ozzy. I Me love too, him. dude. He's great. And well, he would love that joke. I think so too. I, think, I like it. All right, let's roll the footage. This is, so this is right here when she tells me to F off for the first. This is my first F off. This is your first F off. This is a big moment. I was very pleased with that. Yeah. But in my head, then I think, they're not going to use this now. Yeah. But dude, I can... What did you say there? I said, standing ovation. I did it. <laughs> now, pause. I like... I can see that you're having fun at this point. Yeah. Like, you're not giving them... You're having fun with the reactions that you're getting. I smiled for for days. I couldn't stop smiling. this is amazing. That's why I'm like, this is my favorite AGT appearance. Go ahead and roll it. Let's get to the last one. For all those children watching at home, you really shouldn't say, buzz off. Anything to watch? How can you follow that? I can't follow. I have nothing to add. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say, uh, Howie Mandel hasn't made a good thing since uh, Little Monsters. Come on, Howie. How do you keep getting away with this going in? (laughs) Now, pause. You got Nick back on that one. Yeah, he liked that. My favorite part of the video is I'm like, Nick Cannon can't decide who he's rooting for. And if you watch, I've I've watched also um, uh, Sharon and the other guys' response are also, they're on my side by now, too. Once I start making fun of Howie, now everybody's having fun. This is what I'm saying. You turned the room, uh, which I think is, that is a skill, bro. That is a comedian skill. Like, you lost the room. They set you up to lose the room, and you turn the room. Even Nick Cannon. I mean, he's a wild and out guy. He's like, this guy's going in. He's just doing roast. Yeah. See, I didn't know. I didn't know who Nick Cannon was, and it's hard to hear. But in a minute here, uh, he comes out on stage like he's going to fight me, and I say, "Do I got to fight Bill Bellamy?" Ha! <laughs> I'd never heard of that. And I think he was married to Mariah Carey at the time, but I don't know what he was famous for then. So I, uh, I didn't know him at all. He was just doing like MTV's Wild and Out forever. But also, this part it makes me laugh because. Uh, I love the movie Little Monsters. Me too, man. It's, it's so good. And you, you made a good point. That was his best film. Need and then him, I, need him, got him, need him. Yeah, got him, need and then him, they're kind of yelling over me, and what I say there is like, do you guys really like Howie Mandel, or are you doing what you're told? Because Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, they, they're just doing what they're told. All right, let's roll some footage, boys. <laughs> now Nick comes out. Say, oh no, I gotta fight Bill Bellamy. I've never heard that before. Let's 
I mean, really, really exciting that they put that whole four or five minute thing together. Yeah, dude. Now, the follow up to that before we move on to the next section, which that was great. Thanks for letting us play it and share it and talk about it on the show. It actually helped you. Oh, endlessly. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Like you got a call back from AGT as well, right? Oh, yeah. They had me back. They had me back on that same year as at the finale you know, kind of for the wildest moments kind of thing, you know, with some of the worst uh, acts and then some of just the wildest, you know, things that happened. Um, and so I had to go back. I said, yeah, to that. I didn't want to. I, should, I, should, I wanted to say no. My integrity didn't want me to do it. But for that, they paid me a week's worth of uh, SAG after money. So I, I, was, oh, I, I took money. it. Yeah. They <laughs> spent, already took advantage of you. Go get the money. Oh, it was great. Got to spend the week at the CBS lot checking out, you know, the Price is Right stuff behind the scenes. Dude, and, uh, isn't that a cool set? It was awesome. Man. I went yeah. one uh, one time. And it's so much smaller than it looks on TV. Yeah. And it's crazy to me the amount of, like, cars and giant prizes they're able to get in and out of that stage so yeah. quickly. Yeah, and I, I walked through, the, I found myself in the little warehouse part of it, looking at all the all the yeah. Plinkos backstage and stuff. It was cool. And, and that sounds cool. Uh, and, but, yeah, and, and, and I sh- it should be said that the producer, I forget the guy's name, but, like, you know, the biggest head honcho um, that night of the f- season finale when I was back to do a little nothing um, – the the main producer guy came over to me wearing his uh, a shirt and tie, and he had pulled a, a clown versus my homeboy t shirt over his shirt and tie, and all the every executive, every producer, every uh, stage hand, every grip were, was clown was crazy. They loved what I did. They loved that I, I kind of tore down that wall and. Um, I mean, that week I was back at the end, they were all peeking their heads. Oh, I just want to see Columbus. I want to meet Columbus. So it was nice. The Goo Goo Dolls did that finale with me, and I got an email. They didn't even know I was going to be on the show. The Goo Goo Dolls emailed me a couple days before that finale, and it was the drummer, Mike. He said... um, we hate Sharon Osborne. We want to wear Clownvis T-shirts as, ah! as, as any way we could get one, you know, in the next 24 hours. Because I go, man, I'm going to be on the CBS lot. I'll be there. I'll, I'll bring you. So I brought the Goo Goo Dolls, all Clownvis shirts, and they wore them <laughs> during they their. They did? Yeah, during that their. That uh, is fucking their performance. Yeah. dude. Yeah, I so, had no clue that happened. Yeah, so it was cool, man. And then, obviously, it's whatever, 13, however many years later, and it's still a pretty fun thing to talk about. You know? Yeah, man. It's it's just, I had, I was unaware of it, even though we're friends, and I, I, I knew you. Like, I, it, last time you were on the show, so you brought it to my attention, and I'm like, this is the best yeah. thing I've ever seen. Yes, I would hope that people see more than just that. Yes. Because it's not like that's what I do. Not um, at all. But In it fact, is a, it's a, a fun... It's a caveat. It's the opposite of what you do. Your, <laughs> your act is very well honed and put together, and... Uh, it just, I, it was a common thing that I felt like you and I had in common where I felt very manipulated and taken advantage yes. of. And Once it was like, I felt like I was given a choice at the AGT audition where it's like, surrender your life and darkest secrets to these producers to become a three minute soundbite or yeah. make a choice. But I appreciate you doing that, man, today. Thank you for going over the clip with us. Um, and let's move on to the next segment. You ready to do the next segment? You ready to go live with some callers and some voicemails? Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Well, let's move on to a segment I like to call for a good time call. And I think we got a couple callers on the line. And we'll get them in here. And then we'll do our best to answer their questions, give them advice, or just talk about the topic they throw up to us. So, Josh, give me that first caller, brother. So, just want to let you guys know who this is. This is private first class HVAC specialist, Tim. 
also known as the best dress at the Lover's Soiree. Oh. Next to the Clownfish, of course. Well, Private First Class Tim, best dressed at Lover's Soiree. I hope we can abbreviate that in the future, (laughs) but I appreciate that, man. What's up? What's your your, your issue today? Well, okay, I lost my father. This is kind of serious, but also I understand what you guys think. Okay. I lost my father many, many years ago, 17 years ago. He was a huge Elvis fan. Never got to experience the loveliness of Clownvis. So I was wondering if Clownvis would ever be interested in doing a nice little set at a St. Louis graveyard. Mm. You know? But let's just go party at the graveyard. Listen, man, I've been hired for some weird gigs, but to go sing to your dead dad might be the weirdest thing, I, and I don't think I could say no to that. Awesome. Yeah. No, I, I just think it would be a great time. I do, I do appreciate it. I do appreciate it, and there's a lot of people that tell me that. A lot of, you know, it's such a generational thing that a lot of people really enjoy what I do because their mother or their grandmother or someone had a fondness for Elvis, and uh, they kind of, you know, can share that bond with them, and uh, it's, it's, it's a nice thing. So um, if it's a nice enough day, I'll go to the graveyard with you. There you go, man. Let me ask you this, dude. Awesome. Is it uh, <laughs> is just going to be you, Clownvis, and your dead dad? Or did you plan on inviting well, other people? Because it's way funnier if it's just you two. <laughs> Okay, yeah, we'll just do us two, and then we'll release the video over there to the Rich Show, and you guys can do what you please. Event to not share that with the world. All right, man, thanks for calling in, Appreciate Tim. you, buddy. Let's get that next caller on the line. All right, see you Saturday. See you, buddy. That was a good start. All right, good start. All right, you're live with the number two show for a good time call. How can Clownfus and Rafe help you today? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, hi, my name's Dylan. Uh, first of all, can you hear me okay? Yes, yeah, Dylan, buddy. I can hear you loud and clear, brother. What's what's on your mind, man? Um, first of all, thanks for number two show. I've been watching it since you started, and it's hilarious, and I love it. Thank so you, brother. Thank you very much for that. out there for our entertainment. Um, so question, a little bit of backstory first, uh, divorced a couple years ago, uh, travel for work. I have been on Tinder for a while and only have had one successful meeting. Like I've only been able to meet someone once. Okay. Uh, and it was when I was traveling for work in Wisconsin, kind of weird. Um, and the girl I met is actually from Poland and had only been in the States for a few weeks at that point. Okay. Uh, and now we're getting along really well and I'm, she's probably going to come live with me for a little while because the other option is she goes back to Poland. My question is, is it weird to move that fast? I mean, I'm 30 something, so I'm not a child, like a smitten teenager, but okay. is it weird to invite someone to live with you that you've only met recently? <laughs> I, I think I know the answer, Rafe. Yeah, go ahead, brother. Um, look, man, if you only got this one chick, then go ahead and, yeah, lock it up. Get her in here. I mean, you know, right. it's not like, you know, it's going to be a lot easier to do that than it is to keep fishing and, and trying and then maybe getting close. I think if this is the one, the only one, then let's just take the um, the path of least resistance and, and get this Polish girl here and set her up. Yeah, how long have you been dating her, man? That's what I was kind of thinking. Uh, since... Early November. Oh, so, so only about a month. Oh, about a month. Okay. Well, I think legally, yeah. according to the Warsaw <laughs> Act uh, that was signed after World War II, you have to give board to a Polish woman who's seeking refuge. So technically, you don't really have a choice here. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, you know, unless you side with the Nazi party, in which case, you know, we got bigger fish to fry in this phone call. Uh, I, are you moving yeah. her in as a, uh, uh, as a sign of like, Hey, I'm giving you a place to stay. You're going to have your own bedroom. Are you moving her in like to shack up, sleep in your bed, vis-a-vis, mm-hmm. uh, play house a little bit? Uh, probably in my bedroom. I mean, I have a spare bedroom, but I'd like to keep that for guests. And I mean, if I have my girlfriend sleeping in my house, I'd prefer it to be, you know, 100%. in bed with me. So does she see herself <laughs> that way as your girlfriend? Yeah, I think so. And this is this is kind of uh, short. It, this is short-sighted thinking on my part. But um, it's not like you're moving to Poland. So whatever, yeah. give it a try. Get her yeah, out that, here. If it doesn't go well, yeah. then she'll leave. We say get that pole on your pole, my friend. <laughs> I don't say that, Rafe. <laughs> I say get that pole on your pole, my friend. Uh, I think it's a sweet thing you're doing. And as a, as a man with a uh, Belarusian girlfriend, I would never get married, but we had had the conversation before she got her citizenship that if some things went south and her family was oh. getting deported, I was like, I, I'd, we'd go down to the courthouse and make it happen for that. So I, I feel like you're giving her. Well, that's interesting because she's actually from Belarus, but she's oh. she has dual citizenship with Poland to make it easier to travel. Mm. Oh, so she's ashamed of her Belarusian uh, background. That's good to know. All right, man. Well, we say uh, lock her down, shack it up, buddy. Yeah, good luck. Good luck. All right. Thanks. Have a good one, guys. No problem, man. Do we have any more callers or uh, any kind of pre-records, Josh? Young love is a beautiful thing. It is, man. And honestly, your odds. Okay. Honestly, your odds are pretty much 50-50 no matter what, dude. (laughs) I know people that have dated for 11 years, got divorced in the first month. Like, you know what? Love is love, man. Love is love. All right, next caller. You're on with Clownvis and Rave on For a Good Time Call. How can we help you? Hey, Clownvis and Rave. Uh, This is Tony, first-time caller, long-time baller. Uh, I had a question that was kind of in the spirit of the number two show. It's a little bit number one, number two related. Okay. Wanted to get your thoughts on it. Riveting. So, Rafe, being a grandpa, kind of getting up into your more advanced stage, your silver years, uh, have you ever considered maybe using adult diapers? Maybe, you know, I don't know if you're a leaker yet. Uh-huh. But more for time-saving, efficiency's sake, you know, maybe cutting down on some of the bathroom stops. Hmm. Uh, is that your only question? Have I? Yeah, I, that's my yeah. only question. All right, cool. Uh, I myself have. I'm not a leaker. I don't know what that means. I hope that I don't get to that phase of my life. Mm-hmm. I, I assume you're talking where piss is just leaking out of me, or or Dookie is. I hope that neither of those things happen. But if I have to have one, I hope it's PP. Um, I have considered a diaper only out of uh, convenience. I have considered, you know. I could slide on it depends. They're pretty sleek and sexy looking now. They make them pretty nice. <laughs> and just uh, the time it would save me in a day and or in bed at night, not having to get up at 3 a.m., I could definitely sleep in a diapy. Uh, so I have considered it, but not for any kind of anatomical problems that I'm having, uh, pretty much just out of sheer laziness. Clownvis, have you ever – do you um, do you see diapers in your uh, future? Maybe It's hard to get in and out of the jumpsuit. Have you ever thought of performing in a diaper? Uh, I've never thought of that. I'm thinking about it now. I, my question is more of like the absorption, like because I've, I've – um, uh, how do you say that I've, I've, I've had uh, poop, uh, you know, like when, you're, when, you, when you fart and you think it's poop and you think you're just sharted. farting. Sharted, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's happened a few times, you know, too many times in, in my life, but probably a good three, four times in the last ten years, you know. Like, On stage? Uh, 
Uh, you want to hear a good story um, yeah. that I have never told anyone? I do. This that's, just happened. That's this, why we're here. This just happened this summer. Um, uh, and it happens when you're on tour and you're eating McDonald's and stuff every day, and it's just not, you know, like you got to keep them regular. Anyway, I'm hosting the Gathering of the Juggalos this year. I was hosting an event called the Miss Juggalette Pageant, uh, and it's like a pageant show of the craziest uh, juggalettes, you know. The, the, mm-hmm. And the whole thing is that they're – super over the top everybody's absolutely crazy and there's beautiful girls and there's uh, girls that aren't um traditionally beautiful and then everybody's crazy and it's fun anyway i host it i've hosted a few times very fun afterwards we um uh i go back stage into this little tent to pee in a bottle i have to pee and i start peeing in the bottle and i let i try to let a little gas out and i realize oh no that was uh not just gas you know that was some fago yeah um, and, uh, so anyway, I go, all right, we're going to have to deal with that. I had to host another event within an hour or something. And then I walked out of the tent and this photographer, uh, says, uh, Climbers, we need to get your pictures with the, um, the pageant winners. And so then I have to sit there for another 10 minutes with this load in my pants as I take pictures with these winners of this pageant. Oh, <laughs> uh, then I, and listen, then I had to finally just scramble back and get back to the hotel room and change my whole situation. Yeah. Did you just throw that jumpsuit away? Uh, no, it was. I was wearing some pants, and it was like more of it. It, it had only kind of Thanks. it had only moistened the boxers, you know. And yeah. It hadn't really, it mm-hmm. hadn't really like seeped through or anything. So, I just went I back to ex- hotel. I know exactly what you mean, and uh, I've been there, and it's not fun. But if there was, if there ever <laughs> was a time to have a wet shit in your pants and be at a public gathering, I think, I think. The Juggalette yeah. contest is the number one place. 100%. It's the place where I don't worry about, you know, my shirt being funky or deodorant yeah, and stuff e- like yeah, that. Yeah, even so. with shit in your pants, you were still, <laughs> you were still the fourth worst smelling thing on the stage. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I can survive. Next caller. Thank you for sharing. That was a very vulnerable moment. <laughs> but I don't think a diaper would help. You know, I don't think a diaper could absorb. Uh, diaper you gonna, unless you, yeah, unless you got some kind of charcoal patch in there. <laughs> Next caller, you're on with Clownvis and Rafe on for a good time call. What can we do for you? Hey, Rafe, can you hear me? Is it me that's on? I can hear you. Awesome. Okay, so this is a question for you. So recently, okay, I was a 19-year-old mom who now has a 19-year-old daughter who is becoming a mom. So I am a young grandma. Welcome to the club, sister. How... Thank you. I just wanted to know how it made you feel. I love her. I've been there. No judgment. I'm just going through a wave of emotions. So I would yeah. just like to know, how did you feel when you found out? Uh, the same way you're feeling right now. I felt like, uh, because I was a young dad and I felt, I felt for him in ways because I knew what he was about to go through. Uh, I was upset yeah. that I was made, which, what, so how old are you? Uh, 38 now. So you're 38, uh, young grandma. Welcome to the club. I beat you there. I got there at 36. (laughs) But um, I felt, you know, it was weird because you feel 38 doesn't. When you're 38 and you're 16, 38 feels old. But when you're 38 and you're 38, you're like, oh, I don't feel old at all. And it's kind of a, you got to go through that whole, like, uh, emotional shift of, like, identity. But, uh you know, and you're kind of like you feel bad because you know. I mean, you know how hard it was to be a parent at 19, and you know that your kid mm-hmm. is about to go through that, and you don't want to see them. Not that it's a mistake; it's never a mistake. It's always a good thing, but you you would like for them to be better prepared for life. Uh, but here's the cool thing: 
silver lining, 38 years old, you got a lot of vim and vigor left in you. And it's it's almost like a second chance of parenthood because you get to see, you couldn't get to see your grandchild from that 20,000 foot view of like, uh, you know, because when you're a young parent, there's a lot of pressure and you make a lot of mistakes because you're young and inexperienced and you get to, you kind of, you get a little bit better perspective and you just love the grandkid and you realize they're going to figure things out no matter what you do. You can't stop things from happening. Look at your 19-year-old prego right now. There it is. So uh, you got to right. get you got to get over how you're feeling about feeling old. I'm assuming that's bothering you, that wave of emotion. And uh, just embrace it and realize that you're going to be young. They're, the kids, grandkids going to remember you as young and full of life, not some old wrinkled-up prune bag uh, in, a, uh, in an old folks' home, you know? <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I kind of feel like... Um... You know, uh, when I had a, a baby at 19, my parents weren't teenage parents, so they didn't know how to handle it. Yeah. I was a teenage parent, so I feel like I know what she's going through. It wasn't that long ago. There you go. And I know how to support her. But to your point, I do. I'm like, oh, my gosh, now I'm officially old. Yeah. So thank you so much for your input. I nope. just kind of, like, relate to you in that section. It's nice to talk to somebody. Well, I love you. Hang in there, and congratulations. By the way. All right. She said, by the way, and you hung up on her, which I love. By the way. By the way, your time is up. Uh, Clown, but you got any, uh, you got any uh, grandkids running around out there? No, not, not that I know about, but what a wide world it is, Rafe. How would I know all my comings and goings in this That's true. Dimension? That's true. I could be Sharon Osborne for all we know. All right, let's. I think I got time for. Let's do one more call, and then I'm going to let uh, Clown do his concert. So I'm going to take one more caller. If you've been on hold, call back next time. People in the chat were saying uh, brown vis after your shark story, which I think is very funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, caller, you're my final caller with a yes, or with the for a good time call with Clown Vis and Rafe. What do you got? Better be good. You're closing the show. Yo, what up, Rafe? What up, Clown Vis? What Just, up? Uh, what, what wanted to ask two questions actually. One. Clownvis, what's your skateboard going for? Because I'm really interested in one. Oh, man. ClownvisToTheRescue.com is the website. We got it up. Uh, I believe it's uh, I believe it's up for $85 right now. That's and if you awesome. see me, if you see me live, you could probably you catch me at the uh, you catch me at the show this weekend or something. You could haggle with me at the merch booth. Probably talk me right down. I'm a pushover. There you go, man. You better come out to the no, show. Well, well, if anything, I'd, I'd rather give you more money for one. I mean, I got to support you. Not oh, take thank away you. From you. Come oh, on. Well, in that case, it's ten grand. <laughs> Did I say eighty-five? <laughs> <laughs> and it is cool. I saw one today. That the quality is top shelf, dude. It is a very, very cool skate deck. They no corners were cut. It is very, very cool. All right, what's your second question? And my second question is yeah. So I was uh, the first contestant this week on simpleton trivia now to me and to a lot of other people around me that was listening i feel as though riz threw that question hmm. what's your thoughts on that Ray? brother i have no context of what question it was or any of that i would <laughs> it say was the grapes the grapes what does what raisins come from oh I, yeah, I think crew. he panicked dude i think that he panicked i think he was still reeling from me being late from work and, and he panicked that's what i i think <laughs> happened i don't think he he intentionally tanked for you because i he takes a lot of pride in not being wrong so i've never I, seen i've never seen that move oh, I, and i played a lot of games here i've never yeah. seen that move where anything was intentionally wrong nope me neither i just think oh, uh, well, I, was, I was just messing with everybody on the job site that i was with because they all looked at me the same way whenever he said prunes we all kind of 
looked at <laughs> each other and was like, how, how do you, what? I think you just bet on a mental deficient, and that's on you, buddy. <laughs> uh, thanks for calling in, no, bud. Uh, you know what? Let's take one Thank more quick you. caller. Have a if great you still, day. Cheers, buddy. buddy. If we got still got somebody on, Josh. Let's take one more quick one, and yeah. then we'll we'll move on. All right. Surprise last caller. We're going to take you. Decided we were. You're with Cloudvis and Rafe. What can we do for you? Uh, first, I just want to say I appreciate the change in choice of taking the call. Uh my question mostly is for Columbus. Wow. Uh, Great. So uh, the question was brought up during the show. Uh, would you rather be paid a million dollars flat out as a lump sum or three cents for every step you take for the rest of your life? <laughs> uh, I don't know if they asked you that like during the break or whatever, but I know they sure shit didn't ask you during the show. So no. I was curious. Well, your answer would be. Uh, what was the first one? I get a million dollars? So you get a million dollars all in, up front, cash-free, tax-free, mm-hmm. right now, or you get paid three cents a step for the rest of your life, which I did horrible math on. But 10,000 steps a day would be about 333 bucks a day. I would just take the mill right now. I don't want to do math. I don't want to walk any more than I have to. Mm-hmm. And I, I live a comfortable enough life. I'm not a rich man by any means, but I don't want for much. You know, I, I can kind of get everything I need. And with an extra mill, it would just be living on a on a gravy bus with biscuit wheels, baby. It would be all right. So. I, yep, I agree with you, man. That'll buy you a Cadillac, put a little bit in the bank, and you're good to go. <laughs> it's a good question. I love I love thinking about those. All right, man. Thanks for calling in, brother. You have your answer. Take that million. Don't get that monkey's paw situation where you take three cents a mile and then you end up getting hit by a bus and you make six cents. Don't do it. Uh, All right. That's going to conclude. Thank you, Clownvis. That's going to conclude our. What'd you say? I didn't say. Is that? I didn't say. I got somebody in my ear. Hold on. Oh. Yeah. The cops are coming. Uh, So we covered a lot of ground today. We, we, we. We found out a little bit about Clownvis. We found out we got a new jingle for the number two show, which I'm super excited about. We uh, we covered his AGT appearance, which was amazing. I'm going to pull that footage and make it a separate clip, probably because it's so goddamn funny. Uh, just watching you roast all of those judges as a comedian just lit my heart right up because I'm like, here's someone who flipped the script on all these producers stacked against him. And I think we had some good questions. We answered some uh some fan questions interacted with folks i appreciate you guys calling in i want you to know that you can go on the point app you can go into the little text box box number two show you can leave a message of a topic or a question or something you need advice about anytime and i will get to it on future shows and if you got you tried to call in today and you didn't get on i apologize we had so many callers there was no way for me to squeeze everybody on but i love you i appreciate you watching i appreciate you being in the chat being part of this with me every day and uh, it means a lot to me, and it sure means a lot to me that Clownvis joined us today. And right now, we're going to close the show with a segment I like to call Tiny Stall Concerts, which we love to do here on the number two show. Suck at NPR. You have a tiny desk concert. I'll go even smaller, and I'll squeeze someone into a shitter. And uh, Clownvis is going to play us uh, a little bit of music in the first ever Tiny Stall Concert, Clownvis edition. Well, this is so nice. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world right now. Unless I think about it, and then, and then I could probably come up with something. But I was up all, all night last night trying to think of the perfect song to play in this stall. I think, I, I think I've got it. Silent night 
tiny baby so tender and mild Virgin Mary Squeezing out Christ. I don't know the I don't know what the, the actual words are. Sleep in heavenly peace. Sleep in heavenly peace. I never really learned the words of this song, and quite honestly, I never really even liked it that much. But it just seemed like a fitting song to play around the holidays. And uh, I know I said something about the Virgin Mary squeezing out Christ. Probably not the best thing to say on a public podcast like this. But this it was a squeeze. Right this is the right place for it, that. If you think about it, it must have been a squeeze. Uh, so while I'm well off track singing about whatever the hell we're singing about here, I'm trying to get back on track, and I will do it like this. Sleep in heavenly peace. Is it, uh, is it peace, or is, she, is he saying peas? I think it's peace. All right. Could peace, be pee. peace makes more sense because why would you put a baby in, in peas? Yeah. The, the, maybe the Jolly Green Giant baby would be in peas. That's true. Sleep. Uh, <clears throat> let me just finish the song, Rave. Quit talking about peace. Sleep in heavenly peace. Sleep in heavenly peace. Peace. Thank you. Oh, that was beautiful, man. I tried. You know, I tried. I think I might have uh, messed up some of the lyrics. I got to learn them. Uh, you know what? I kind of like squeezing out Christ better than the original lyrics. Squeezing out Christ. And you know what? Squeezing was not even the first word that came to mind. So I'm glad I landed on squeezing. Yeah, well, you did a good job. Thanks. I appreciate you being here today, man. Uh, I know you got a lot of shows coming up. Um, so let's plug them. And I know I'm part of one of them, but let's start with this weekend. Uh, you go ahead, rattle them off, man. I know you got a lot of appearances coming up, so let's get people out to see your shows, buy them skateboard decks, and make a little money to buy you a Cadillac, man. man. I appreciate you. Yeah, this weekend's a big one. Steve's Hot Dogs in St. Louis is doing a Clownvis Hot Dog. You can go there and enter a chance to win tickets to my big show on December 22nd, which the homie Rafe will be there making people laugh, as well as the Golden Rods playing some music. And then I'll be doing a special set. It won't be, if you've seen me before, this will be a little different. It won't be my usual stuff it'll be more winter oriented but fun funny and uh all the same it's it's worth getting to there the 22nd and then what the hell else am i doing um um clownvis to the rescue.com is all the merch dates and uh, tour dates and merchandise there you go and then can they find you on what's your social media situation i know you do a lot of lives a yes. lot of fun stuff on social media let's drop those handles baby appreciate that yeah, follow me on tiktok at clownvis and on instagram at Clownvis. Those are the real live ones. I'm on Facebook and Twitter as well, but uh, TikTok and uh, and YouTube as well. There, it's all of them. Just find, I'm the only Clownvis. Find me on all of them. It's the only Clownvis. <laughs> He's at, at kissmyassharonosborne.com. Uh, <laughs> underscore. Underscore Clownvis. Uh, I appreciate you being here today, man. Take a time to be with me. I had a good time. I hope you had a good time. I appreciate everybody who called in or attempted to call in, everybody who left a message, everybody on the live chat right now, and everybody who's re-watching this right now wishing they would have taken place uh, or taken part in this live uh, representation of the number two show, but you were at work trying to be a good Samaritan. Should have been here. Instead, you should have taken your shit break, got on the toilet, and called me. <laughs> but now you know for next time. 